0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good
1: evening and thanks for joining us. New information and new pictures tonight of the man suspected of shooting a Skytrain cop in Surrey on Wednesday.
0: Eight different mugshots demonstrate the long criminal history of 35 year old Dayon Glasgow. And they illustrate how he's changed his appearance in the past. He's had several different looks. Going back more than a decade, he is still on the loose and considered armed and dangerous. Sarah McDonald has more on Glasgow's past crimes and how even the parole board considered him a high risk. Sarah.
2: Well, Chris, he was only released from prison in October and already he is at the center of a nationwide manhunt. But the big question on the minds of many tonight isn't just where Dayon Glasgow is, but how he was allowed back out in the community uh, so soon after being convicted in a a fatal shooting uh, just eight years ago. He's a convicted killer with a lengthy rap sheet and a master of disguise. The many changing faces of Dayon Gordon Glasgow released publicly Friday some 48 hours into a massive manhunt for the fugitive accused of striking again.
3: We would like the public to view
4: these photos uh, in the event that he has changed his appearance.
2: Now parole board documents are providing new insight into a pressing question on the minds of many. Why is How's it out? Just how this repeat offender was walking free in the first place, allegedly reoffending minutes away from where he pulled the trigger in a fatal shooting in 2010. Does it
5: make me angry? Hell yeah.
2: We now know Glasgow received statutory release under a string of strict conditions less than four months ago, even with the parole board noting his ingrained criminal values, acknowledging the 35 year old's history of failing to abide by court ordered conditions, reoffending violently, and going unlawfully at large. Which is exactly why a warrant had already been issued for his arrest. When he allegedly shot a transit officer at a SkyTrain station Wednesday. Walking towards the back, I saw some blood on the ground, like on the platform, and I turned around real quick to just see what had happened, and I saw the officer down. Ever since, the province's fastest growing city has been on high alert. Residential neighborhoods peppered with police cruisers and roadblocks. Officers canvassing transit riders for any new leads. Glasgow, wherever he is, believed to be armed and dangerous.
0: He shouldn't be out, for sure, 100%.
2: And he could be anywhere by now, south, north or east of us. Authorities across the continent keeping a keen lookout for this repeat offender who seemingly can't stay on the right side of the law. And he is still evading police tonight, which is part of the reason Crime Stoppers is now offering a cash reward for any information leading to his arrest. Now, once again, Glasgow is considered armed and dangerous. So RCMP are reminding the public, if you see him, even if you think you see him, do not approach him and call police immediately. Now, as for that transit p- uh, officer uh, who was shot here on Wednesday, some good news tonight. He has been discharged from hospital and he is recovering well. Chris
0: Sophie. Good to know. Thanks very much, Sarah.
2: BC's independent
1: police watchdog has released its report on a fatal police shooting in front of a busy Vancouver retail store that was caught on video. It happened two years ago. Police killing a man who had stabbed a store employee and a police officer. A warning, some of the video in this story is disturbing.
4: <laughs>
5: Nicole! After this fatal shooting, members of the Independent Investigations Office got statements from 68 civilian witnesses and nine police officers. I
6: need everybody back.
5: They watched security camera video, listened to 911 recordings, and came to this conclusion.
6: The
0: actions of the officers were justified at law.
5: The report finds the man shot and killed. 38-year-old David Peter Rintoul posed a threat of deadly force to both the public and the officers. It also provides a clear timeline from inside the store, saying Rintoul broke the glass on a gun case and tried to load a gun. One witness told the IIO he encountered Rintoul at the bottom of an escalator. The next thing, he had his arm around me and showed me his knife and said, do just what I say and you won't get hurt. Outside the store, Rintoul was shot several times. He collapsed but could still be heard screaming, finish me off, while he was on the ground.
6: The person had stabbed a store employee and stabbed a police officer multiple times. He
7: was not totally incapacitated by the first shots. And uh, he made another move towards
0: the officers from the ground, at which point he was shot again and uh, eventually uh, was killed by those bullets
5: nine bullets hit Rintoul. the last fatal one hit his heart months later chief palmer wrote a scathing letter stating iio investigators appeared to lack the experience and basic understanding in how to process evidence and witness statements
0: the organization has taken significant steps uh in the last year and a half and i am very confident that um, the concerns that uh, were raised in that letter are no longer concerns to the vancouver police department
5: the two sides also ended up in court. The IIO alleging VPD officers were uncooperative. Ron McDonald says had that not happened, the report exonerating the VPD would have been done within a year. Jill Bennett, Global News.
0: Two people are in hospital tonight after a house fire in Langley. The two were inside the home when the fire broke out shortly before 6 a.m. They were able to get out alive, but not without suffering what are being called significant injuries. Investigators are trying to determine the cause of the fire.
1: The NDP government's controversial speculation tax is in the news again tonight, this time for the lack of support offered to confused taxpayers. Homeowners have to fill out a form declaring they're exempt from the tax or go online. But as Richard Zussman reports, there are still a few bugs in the system, and help can be hard to find.
7: It is one of the most frustrating things, Sophie, that can happen to you on the phone. You call up looking for help and you're told you have to wait. That's what's happening to a lot of British Columbians who are calling into the speculation tax hotline. Some people have told me that they called in a number of times and were never able to get someone on the phone. The province says they've hired 150 people in the call centre and the average wait is 20 minutes. Our call centre is open from 8am to 8pm and call waits do vary throughout the day. So we are targeting our resources in order to be able to help answer calls when the call volumes and the wait times are at the highest. The province has decided to bring in what's called negative billing. So every British Columbian in the tax zone will receive a letter telling them they must either call in or go online to fill out the form. The province says 99% of British Columbians will not have to pay the speculation tax. But Green Party leader Andrew Weaver says he's already hearing from constituents who are concerned about the process and potentially ending up with a bill that
6: they shouldn't have. We've had no end of people complain to us about precisely this issue as well. Uh, Frankly, I think it is utterly irresponsible of the government not to have put the resources in place to deal with this. We warned them that this was going to happen. It's not that this should be a surprise. What
8: really
7: is surprising is that the people who were behind it didn't think it through, including the administration of them. The tax applies to all of Metro Vancouver, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, the Capital Regional District, Nanaimo, and parts of the Okanagan. For those who have been able to get through on the phone line, the feedback has actually been pretty good, Sophie. Many people saying that the people are actually pretty helpful, although they were frustrated once they got them on the line. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Richard.
0: A high avalanche hazard has forced the closure of the Trans-Canada Highway between Revelstoke and Golden. Up to 40 centimeters of snow expected in that region. A heavy snowfall warning is in effect from Sycamus to the Alberta border. The highway isn't expected to reopen until at least 10 o'clock tonight. Winter storm warnings cover most of the eastern third of the province. And we'll get more details right away. Things are going to cool down in Metro Vancouver as well with the word snow in the forecast. Let's see how likely it is with meteorologist Christy Gordon right now for an early look at the forecast, Christy.
9: Chris, we will see snow on Sunday. The question is, will it hit your neighbourhood? The precipitation will be very spotty and the intensity will be quite variable as well. This is an example of what it could look like. So we're urging residents to be aware snow is possible and to stay tuned for updates. And then it's going to get cold. BC will see its first Arctic outbreak of the season and it could last all week. A special weather statement is in effect. Temperatures will drop a good 5 to 10 degrees below normal. Kids will definitely need an extra layer on Monday, and don't forget to shut off your outdoor faucets.
0: A timely advice. Thanks very much, Christy. Okay.
9: Well, the weather is definitely complicating
1: the effort to find 32-year-old ranch manager Ben Tyner missing near Merit tonight. The search of the Nicola Ranch area has taken on a new urgency. Catherine Urquhart has the latest and new questions about what might have happened.
10: Oh. In the Merritt backcountry, searchers head out on horseback. They're joined by dozens of others scouring the area on ATVs. And by helicopter. Everyone anxious to find Ben Tyner. The manager at Nicola Ranch hasn't been seen since Saturday.
4: Here we are,
10: and our teams now are southwest. The search started Monday after local hunter Kim Robinson found Tyner's riderless horse several kilometers up a logging road. I bumped into a horse there with a saddle on and uh, he had one rein hanging there so I thought something you know, wasn't right so I went to catch him. He was a nice-looking horse. He had good rigging on him, but he was a little bit jumpy. Every time I go close to him, he'd step on that rein and kind of spook himself. Some locals are asking if the career cowboy's disappearance is suspicious, as it's believed he was taken into the backcountry by trailer, and no one has come forward.
8: That's kind of probably a little puzzling to everyone, that if someone hauled him up here, why they're not coming forward. Do you think it's a bit suspicious? I think it's getting that way.
10: So far, police are dismissing those suggestions. We're certainly doing our investigation from our end and helping with search and rescue, but at this point, we don't really have any reason to believe that. Kim Robinson hopes searchers are looking in the correct area. He did find the horse. And he knows the area very well. In 2008, he apprehended fugitive Alan Schoenborn in the hills above Merritt, after Schoenborn killed his three children. And I feel bad that a lot of the resources have been wasted in an area that I know nobody was in. Tyner's parents and younger brother have been in Merritt since Tuesday, when they arrived from Wyoming. They're expected to remain close by as the search for Ben Tyner continues into the weekend. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
0: In just a moment.
1: Right now, though, an engineering report confirms what the residents of a Seashell neighborhood already know. The area should remain closed after a series of sinkholes began swallowing their properties.
0: But there are still no answers for homeowners whose waterfront dream homes have turned into nightmares. Aaron MacArthur has this global news hour follow-up.: uh, And then we have to, then, trek to the unsafe portion of SeaWatch to our homes.
6: This is as close as Ed Pednow can park to a seashell home. the 300-meter walk mandated by the city government after engineers discovered significant voids under the street.
4: My kids can't have friends come over. Their grandparents can't make the walk, so they can't visit them anymore.
6: The issues with the sinkholes in the Sea-Watch neighborhood stretch back more than a decade. Homeowners claim the developer and the city both ignored the warning signs of unstable ground. An engineering report dated 2006 makes clear of significant slope instability. Sechelt approving the new subdivision that has already seen one home condemned and half a dozen other homeowners teetering on the edge of bankruptcy.
0: We're not giving up. Uh, This place should not have been built in the first place. Um, But now that we're here, we need to make some people accountable for what happened.
6: The district of Sechelt refused our request for an interview, saying the matter is before the courts. But in a public statement, the mayor said the road will remain closed for safety reasons, and that the district is working with senior levels of government to try to come up with some solutions.
4: What they did to this neighbourhood and the people in this neighbourhood during the past four years is, is, is shameful.
6: The Minister of Public Safety says this does not qualify for disaster relief, saying there were clearly identified and predetermined risk for sinkholes before the development. Many people now fear their heat and hydro will be cut off and they will be forced to abandon their life savings all while getting no help from their civic government. Aaron MacArthur, Global News, Seashell. time
10: to
1: get to work now.
6: Let's get going. Speaking of work. Though.
1: Arkell's delighting music fans with a pop-up show this afternoon at a donut shop on Ma- Main Street in Vancouver. The performance put on by Rock 101 and it was followed by questions from the audience as well as a meet and greet with fans. The band is performing tomorrow night at the Pacific Coliseum and Sunday night at the Save on Foods Memorial Centre in Victoria.
0: Very cool for fans. All right, for months, the owners of a damaged houseboat on Salt Spring Island have struggled to repair the vessel And get it afloat. But those attempts so far have ended in frustration, particularly for locals.
1: As Kylie Stanton reports, the situation has become so bad, the boat suddenly caught
3: fire this week. Flames spill out of the windows, fully engulfing this beached vessel within minutes. That's the question Dolores Seagrave Peel has been asking herself ever since. Very sad. The charred frame of her beloved houseboat, now a reminder of the massive controversy it's created on this Gulf Island.
9: It's horrible. It's disgusting that people
3: would do this to an old lady. It all started back in November when the Castle Finn, a 90-ton ferro-cement-hauled catamaran, came up against some rocks off Ganges Harbour, where it had been moored. The damage forcing the Coast Guard to pull it closer to shore for repairs. But months later, it hasn't moved.
8: Really frustrating.
3: Not only becoming an eyesore for this beachside kayak and paddleboard operation, but what the owner calls a public safety concern for residents.
8: It became about a big, big issue of drugs, partying and violence and quite a bit of it.
3: Watkins says he tried working with the owner to repair and move the boat, even covering some of the costs, but the efforts went nowhere. As word began to spread on the island and online, volunteers decided to take matters into their own hands. But they were unsuccessful. Then came the fire.
2: It was fully involved when we got
6: there. We were able to hit it from the parking lot uh, with water and extinguish it from there.
3: RCMP were unavailable for comment today, but are investigating, as is Island's Trust. It confirmed the vessel is in contravention of one of its bylaws, as this beach here can't be used for residential purposes. Now it's a question of where the boat will go from here.
1: I feel like it's going to sit there.
3: In a statement, a Ministry of Forests, Lands and Natural Resources spokesperson said, the province is aware of the issue and is investigating the potential unauthorized use of Crown land.
9: It is heartbreaking.
3: But the owner has bigger problems. She's invested everything into this boat and did not have insurance. It leaves me homeless. That's what it does. It really leaves me homeless. So now I have nothing, virtually nothing. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Salt Spring Island. Okay, I
1: misspoke earlier when I said Arkells were presented by Rock 101, also a great radio station, but this performance was presented by (laughs) Seafox. So, you. I expect the Jeff O'Neill showed.
0: Oh, they're going to have a field all day with that. Us. But you you shouldn't be to blame. I should be because I wrote Rock 101 in there. Sometimes she'll read what I wrote and uh, vice versa. So, Sea Fox, world famous, of course.
4: Exactly.
1: exactly. We meant
0: no disrespect.
1: <laughs> Actually, we're just giving the material for Monday.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: All right, continuing on here. A Chilliwack woman is now getting to know three sisters in Ontario that until recently she didn't even know she
4: had.
0: That's right. As Linda Ellsworth reports, the long-lost cross-country family reunion is the result of those popular DNA test kits.
4: Since she was just little, Nora knew she was adopted. And while she adored her parents, she often thought of the family that gave her up. I wonder where they are. Are they looking for me or is my mother looking for me? From Montreal, her adoptive family moved to Vancouver, where Nora eventually married and had her own family. Still wondering, but with no strong desire to delve into her past, until recently. My mother and my father, and my brother, passed away within the last ten years, so I had no family at all. And then I felt sorry for myself. So she got on a genetic testing website, sent in her DNA, and lo and behold... I saw this Girl, and it said, she's your half-sister. In disbelief, she checked out the woman's Facebook page. She had a sign held up, and it said, I'm looking for my sister. Her name's Diane Dubriel.
3: We always knew about her, but, I mean,
4: back then didn't say too much. What Susan didn't know was Diane's adoptive parents had changed her name to Nora. Uh, When she found me, she was just ecstatic, and she was saying, Oh, I've been looking for you for 10 years, and I'm so excited. For the first time, Nora set eyes on her birth mother, who passed away a few years ago, and soon she would meet her sister. It's tonight I'm meeting Nora for the first time. At Pearson Airport, they anxiously wait. No. No? Okay. That's not her. But at long last... Oh, my God. Over the next few days, Nora will be getting to know not only Susan... That's amazing. <laughs> ...but her two other sisters... It's like winning a life lottery. It's almost like you want a family. Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
1: Some frightening moments in a northern Indian India village when a wild leopard strayed into a residential neighborhood. At least four people, including a group of rangers trying to capture the animal, were injured before it was finally cornered when it entered the room of a building. Conflicts between humans and animals are on the rise in India as populations continue to encroach on wildlife
0: reserves. There's new video showing the exact moment a dam holding back mine waste in Brazil broke. On the left side of the screen, you can see smoke rising from the dam before a slow-moving wall of sludge and mud emerges. On the right side, vehicles try to outrun the huge river of mud, but they are eventually covered and consumed. Two villages were buried, and in the weeks since it happened, the bodies of 110 victims have been recovered 238 others are still missing and presumed dead. Earlier this week, Brazilian authorities issued arrest warrants, including murder charges, for five engineers who worked for the mining company that owns the dam.
1: Anger and outrage in Sweden over online video of a pregnant woman being dragged off a subway car by security guards. <laughs> Officials say the woman who was with her young daughter was caught without a ticket. She was dragged off, eventually ending up on the ground after an argument with security. She was rushed to hospital, but is believed to be okay. The security guards have been suspended, and police are investigating this case as a possible assault.
0: In Health Matters tonight, another study suggesting teenagers who begin to use e-cigarettes are more likely to start smoking conventional cigarettes. Over a period of three years, American researchers examined the habits of more than 6,000 kids between 12 and 15 years old who were not using any tobacco products when the study started. Well, by the third year, 20 percent reported they eventually started smoking traditional cigarettes after first experimenting with vaping. That's compared to only 4% of kids who smoked cigarettes but reported no prior use of any tobacco product. And for children who originally reported they had no interest in smoking, they were eight times more likely to start smoking cigarettes if they vaped first. The electrifying impact of Super Bowl Sunday you may not have expected and some power-saving tips coming up right after the weather forecast.
1: And just before that forecast, more Canadians are feeling the effects of that polar vortex today.
0: In parts of Alberta, temperatures are plummeting to record lows. Just yesterday, Edmonton was above freezing. Today, with the wind chill, they're approaching 30 below and up to 30 centimeters of snow is expected to fall as well. At the airport, there have been delays as crews work to de-ice airplanes and clear runways. There's also been weather-related delays in other parts of the continent which have been struggling to recover from days of bone-chilling temperatures and deep snow.
1: Now, the opposite issue, down under, where climatologists have confirmed Australia has just experienced its hottest January on record. During the prolonged heat wave, parts of the country reached temperatures just shy of 50 degrees Celsius. Some areas have had a daytime high above 40 for more than 40 consecutive days. Experts say climate change and the lack of rainfall are the primary contributors to the heat. 2018, by the way, was Australia's third hottest year on record.
0: We've seen some cherry blossoms, but uh, those days may be ending. Let's get the latest on uh, chillier weather in the forecast from Christy now.
9: Thanks, Chris. Uh, yes, this was our day today, a typical West Coast uh, type of Friday, I guess, but yes, it's all about to change. I wanted to mention, you were talking about Edmonton, though, with minus 30 and the snowfall. Well, parts of northern B.C. are also seeing that, and that's what we're going to have a look at as well. Arctic outbreak is going to ease off across eastern sections just as it starts to plummet into our region. Obviously, not as bad as what they're seeing out east, but still, for the B.C. area, it will be a sharp change. These are the wind chills we're going to experience overnight tonight, minus 38 up through Whitehorse, minus 35 in through Fort Nelson to minus 40 in through Fort St. John. There is an extreme cold warning in place for the BC Peace River area, and that Arctic air is plummeting into the central interior as well, and it will continue to drop to the south over the next two days. So by tomorrow, areas in the central interior will also see wind chills close to minus 30 through the overnight period and during the day, minus 20, and then that continues to Drop to the south. So, for the south coast, the majority of the cold air will begin to move in on Sunday. Temperatures will be such that we could see some snow. And we talked about the variability of that snow. We are expecting it to be quite variable. So, this is an example of what we could see. We're talking about zero to maybe five centimeters, with areas like Squamish and Hope getting more. But I urge you to tune in. It's going to be one of those scenarios where some neighborhoods may not get anything and other neighbourhoods may get up to 10. So we'll be watching that very closely. Here's your forecast, though. Majority of the snowfall now pushing out of this region, except for the BC Peace River area flurries in the morning. But we will see some snow across these regions just in the morning before that shifts out of the way as well. And yes, the drop in temperature for your region will happen Saturday night into Sunday, as it will across the south coast. So tomorrow... It looks pretty nice. Some sunshine, highs near 7 degrees, near seasonal for this time of year, but then it drops. So hovering around 2 degrees on Sunday. Some rain, some snow showers. We're going to be watching that. And then it really drops Monday and Tuesday. These are the days I'm concerned about because it'll look sunny and nice, but it's very cold. So make sure you put on an extra layer. And I'll leave you with a nice shot from, you can see the rain off in the distance there, but it looks quite pleasant in Abbotsford today.
0: Sure does. Thanks, Christy. BC Hydro confirms electricity use jumps on Super Bowl Sunday, but maybe not for the reasons you might think. It turns out the spike largely comes
1: from the kitchen in the hours just before kickoff, starting at about 11 in the morning as the food is being prepared for the big game. In the past four years, BC Hydro has registered as much as an 8% increase in power usage at that time. That's the equivalent of cooking more than 2.4 million frozen pizzas. There is typically no increase after the game starts.
9: So We do see that electricity spike start to come down um, around 3 p.m. when the game starts. And we do think this is because many people are gathering together in homes and restaurants across the province to watch the game collectively rather than turning on a number of individual televisions.
1: Well, here are some tips on being energy efficient pre-game. Don't preheat your oven unless you're baking. You don't need to do it. Most dishes don't need a preheated oven. Where possible, use a smaller appliance like a toaster oven or a slow cooker. They can use up to 75% less electricity than an electric oven. Skip the heat dry function when running your dishwasher. Turning off the heat dry feature can cut electricity use in half. And lower the thermostat to a recommended 18 Celsius... Since cooking can increase your home's temperature significantly,
9: so can a bunch of men watching TV, <laughs> yelling at the yelling at
0: the television.
9: Good or females, point. I shouldn't say that. Good or females,
8: point. And if you have a bunch of people over, don't want, run the dishwasher when people are watching no. the game. No, And furthermore, one of those super quiet ones. Just, oh yeah, those are good. Yeah. Uh, uh, order a pizza, get a bag of <laughs> chips. What do you need to start <laughs> the oven for? Come on. I'm going to have to leave you guys for a second. Oh, it's the whiteboard. Oh, the whiteboard. whiteboard. they are breaking it out. Uh, The Canucks start the uh, stretch run, if you like the stretch run, uh, tomorrow in Denver. They have 31 games to go, and right now they're very much in the crowded field trying to make the playoffs. Actually, only eight points separates the final playoff spot, Colorado, from dead last in the West, L.A. We said yesterday the Canucks have a very favorable schedule coming down the stretch but seven of their next nine games are on the road. So, let's get a closer look at the math, and to do that, I have to leave and go to the whiteboard. Sweet. Okay, here we are. Room of the whiteboard, or Tableau Blanc. And if I'm wrong, you can blame Google Translate. Right, 51 games is done. This year, the Canucks have 52 points after 51 games. Not bad. Last year, okay, they were worse last year, but they weren't that much worse. 48 points. The real difference between this year and last year after 51 games is all the teams around the Canucks. Right now, Vancouver is actually zero points out of a playoff spot. The only reason they don't have a wild card position is they've played one more game than Colorado. Last year after 51 games, The Canucks were 12 points away from the postseason. After 51 last year, their playoff chances were dead. Now, we did a little average. In the last five years, the average playoff team, well, the minimum average playoff points needed 93. So the Canucks would need 41 more points to get to 93. That is 660 hockey. I don't know if they can play 660 hockey, but I'm not sure all the teams around them can either down the stretch. How do they make the playoffs? Well, like everybody else, down the stretch in these last 31 games, they will need very good goaltending from both Markstrom and Demko. And I hope for their sake they're a lot heavier than this stick man. If they don't get that, then they get another draft lottery ticket. I know there's a lot of people in Canuck Nation who wouldn't mind one more of those but for those people who want to make the playoffs this year, there is a very good chance. What I'm saying is, unlike last year at this time, both lottery and playoffs are in play. And with that, I have to get back to the studio. For the and it's a good thing that room is close to this yeah. room. Okay, so Knights... Hurricane. Oh, it's our old friend Shea Theodore, local boy. has two goals in this game. That's the first one. Uh, Watch Max uh, Legacy. What is he doing? Way out of the net. He looks like Denny Lemieux from Slapshot. Uh, Brett Pesci. No relation to Joe. He scores. That makes it 2-1 in the second. Then with a score 2-2 after another Theodore goal. Jordan Martinuk makes it 3-2 early in the third. On the
4: attack. There
8: you go. Down under. Rugby sevens, both men and women in Sydney. This is Canada's women's team against Ireland. They barely lost to Ireland, but Canada made the quarterfinals, but they lost to New Zealand. So uh, they're now in the fifth place pool, and the men are 1-0 so far. Okay, Canada's Davis Cup team in Bratislava, Canada Slovakia, the first of two singles matches today. Dennis Shapovalov against Philip uh, Horansky. Shapovalov wins the first set, 6-4, and the second set, 7-5. But Felix Oje Alessimi lost his match, so we are 1-1 after day one. Ricky Fowler, waste management. Phoenix Open, if you like. Ricky's putting. That's a birdie. 18th hole for the outright lead at minus 13. And a one-shot edge over Justin Thomas. Yes, count it. Adam Hadwin made the cut. He's three oh, under par. Nick Taylor missed. Sensation. Watch this kid. Amateur Look at the Oklahoma weird swing State. here. <coughs> Matthew Wolf. He may have a bizarre <coughs> swing, <coughs> but he's one of the on best player. college players out he there. This is his Myers first pro event, and he's minus five. Kid can hit side. it a ton. Just goes to show, not every swing has to be the same yeah. to be great. Jim Furick doesn't have a great yeah. swing. That's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. He's been right. all right. It was always weird. There you go. All
9: right. Thanks, Squire. Here's your snow report for today. Whistler back home picked up 23 centimeters of fresh snow in the last 24 hours. It was a little bit milder and Grouse and Cypress, but Sasquatch did pick up three. Revelstoke, a nice 20 new centimeters. Fernie, no new snow, but Manning Park and Whitewater picked up two. Big White, one centimeter new, and Silver Star picked up three. Kicking Horse has a nice new 10 centimeters. Mount Washington, 11, and Powder King picked up 13. I have not. I've avoided looking at any of the commercials
8: online. Okay, because they they do now, of course, they bring them out early. They get more bang for their buck. Well, you might as well. They pay all that money for the Super Bowl and it only gets one run, so you (laughs) might as well get a couple of runs. So we'll do it here. Uh, We didn't have a Super Bowl preview in the sports. We'll leave that to Saturday. But we do have a preview of the commercials. And we start this segment with Michael Bouble. (laughs) is Isn't it Michael Bublé? (laughs) We'll find out. Ooh, blackberry buble, my favorite.
4: You mean bubbly. No, I mean bubbly. You're Michael Bublé. That's a bubbly. She's right, Michael Bublé. It's
6: pronounced buble. I know, thanks. Davi.
2: Can I have your autograph, Mr. Bubbly?
6: It's bubbly.
0: Bublé? It's bubbly! Sparkling water. Crack a smile. Michael? Don't do that. think I'm nuts.
3: Always there in crunch time.
9: All right, guys, come on. Get your foot out. It out. Get your foot
6: get Ow. your foot off of him. Quit it. Hey, watch it. Hey, stop. Ow. Cut it out. I'm not doing anything. Ow, quit
9: it. Okay, do I have to break you guys apart? He started it. Stop it. You right. stop. Stop
7: it.
4: Guys, come on. Excuse stop touching me. Okay, that's it. If you don't stop, I
9: will eat all of you alive right now.
2: Uh, I prefer the break us apart option. Introducing the M&M's chocolate
0: bar.
8: Ooh, that's exciting. M.M.'s chocolate bar. Okay. I I could
9: relate. All right.
8: (laughs) A couple of more uh, star-studded ads. Uh, Stella Artois and Pepsi. We'll begin with Pepsi. Take a Coke. Is Pepsi
2: okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! Are puppies okay? Is a shooting star okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? Um, Are you with me? You seem confused. Let's role play. Now. Uh, okay, I'm
6: Steve. I'm an actor. No, no, no. And... no. Just order something. Uh, I'll have... You will have a nice cold
2: glass of the best thing you ever tasted. Okay? Okay. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride. Okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's... Okay! Oh!
6: okay what have we learned today you want a pepsi i want a
2: pepsi she wants a pepsi there you go like a little john i've got to come up with my own catchphrase okay hello
9: good to see you again
4: likewise
9: please cosmopolitan
4: nope tonight i'll have a stella artois (gasps)
0: Stella, Artois. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thanks. Oh. Wild night, huh? Boy, Russian? No, Gary, give me a Stella toes <laughs> Excuse me. Good choice. Well, changing could do a little good. <laughs> do <Duda> the vibes.
8: Do the vibes. I love that movie. <laughs> Okay, last but not least, one of your favorites.
1: Avocados from Mexico.
8: Nice. Uh,
1: <laughs> they should hire me.
8: I should. <laughs> Legendary Poise, welcome to the
0: dog show where humans compete for the ultimate prize. Avocados from Mexico. They're
1: healthy, delicious on everything, and always in season.
6: So much training to compete at this level, but it's well worth the effort.
9: They're so cute. Looks
0: like
6: the dogs have settled in. They can almost sniff
0: the bum of victory. That's a good sit, a shake. And a stay. Amazing score. I'm sure he's making someone very proud right
4: now.
5: We've got a runner.
0: Oh, the guac got her. That'll land you in the penalty cone.
5: Oh, this is impressive.
0: He appears to be rolling over his 401k. Let's go down to our sideline (laughs) correspondent.
8: Good point, Charles.
0: Wait, it looks like we have a winner. Give that man some guacamole. Wow! Truly top of class.
6: Top of class?
0: Please stop copying. Me.
6: Stop copying. Me. Avocados from Mexico.
0: Christian There
8: you go. Oh, there we so are. Good. Okay.
0: Do it again. And there'll be more.
1: Avocados from Mexico. <laughs> That's
0: so good. <laughs> there'll be more on Sunday. All now
1: right. I want some guacamole.
0: Enjoy the game. Uh, it's going to be nice, pretty nice tomorrow for a yeah. birthday golf round with my father in law, uh, David. Yeah, you
9: picked the day well. You were listening.
0: Yes.
9: Yeah, so tomorrow definitely the best of the bunch if you don't like the cold. That is Sunday's the day when we could see snow. Again, could. Uh, hovering around, too, it'll be sort of pockets here and there, and the intensity will be quite variable. And then Monday, Tuesday, that's when it gets really cold, everyone. So bundle up when you're heading to work. Make sure the kids have an extra layer. Always mm-hmm. hate to see the kids out there. Not yeah. enough clothes. Uh, so it'll look nice out, but it will be cold, and we'll see that throughout the week. It'll slowly get warmer towards the end of the week, but certainly cold in the beginning.
7: I
8: never understand those people in the middle of winter who wear shorts. <laughs> <You ever laughs> so see that. A lot, a lot of Vancouver. guys. A lot of nice guys, clothes. yeah.
1: Happy birthday to Jane's dad.
8: Yeah, David, <laughs> happy birthday
0: tomorrow. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great weekend.